What's up, guys? It's your host, Lopez, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into this episode today. If you're on Facebook and want to show some support with a like on the page, you can find it by going to facebook.com slash Behind Closed Doors Podcast or just searching Behind Closed Doors Podcast. You can also find it on Twitter at The BCD Podcast and on Instagram at The Behind Closed Doors Podcast. Last but not least, follow the podcast on Spotify by searching Behind Closed Doors in the podcast section to see all the amazing upcoming interviews I have to come. Every Sunday, I post a picture of a band with a hint of who my next guest is. Then on Tuesday, I post a brief clip from our video interview with a good highlight of our conversation we had. And lastly, post the new episode up on Spotify every Thursday morning. Now, on to the episode. All right, we got David Simonich from Signs of Swarm. How are you today, man? Doing fantastic. How are you doing? Doing good, brother. I'm doing good. Thanks for talking with me today, just first and foremost. No problem at all. Looking so, forward to this. So where are you from? Where'd you grow up at? Um, I grew up in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. It's um, the small little town um, on the outskirts of the city. Then I moved around a lot. But I like to just say I grew up in Ambridge. It's a very small town, so not too many people are familiar with it. Is that where you're living at nowadays then? Yes, sir. Born, raised, still here. <laughs> what all do you guys do for fun out that way? Um, honestly, there's not much to really do. That's why I dabble in so much within like music realm of things. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a very boring and dull town. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those steel cities that kind of just like, got pushed off the map because the steel industry is dying, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's over this way. We got a couple steel mills, but uh, I know that the, uh, the ton or the rate for steels just keeps going up and up and nobody wants it no more. And pretty crazy, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough times, especially, you know, with COVID and all that, it's one thing, you know, and that just adds on to the whole bargain, you know, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Were you what were you in any bands prior to uh, Signs of the Swarm? Um, yeah. Uh, whenever I first started doing vocals, um, I was in like a joke band called uh, Wind Titans Fall. Like our lyrics were just like really stupid. Like you could <laughs> tell that I was only fifteen. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then like for a while, I just focused on like my education and everything, and then um moved forward into like wanting to get back into music and everything. And I joined this small band called Improvidence and um, I stayed with them for like a good solid, like six, seven years. And just those were really like the only two bands I really had any experience with. What got you into wanting to even be a frontman for a band? Honestly, like I kind of got convinced to do it because like I was, 
I was like hanging around with my buddies after I started getting into grindcore and like I was like, dude, there's this one band. This guy just sounds like in like <laughs> and then like I was like almost like borderline like making fun of them. And they're like, bro, you fucking sound so sick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, it was it wasn't an intentional. It just if you were to never joked around, you'd, it'll probably maybe never even happen. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> the case. And I'm very grateful for my buddy Cody, like convincing me to like go forward with that, you know, because he was just like, man, you're really good. And then he's the one who actually got me hooked up with everybody in the, my first band. And that's whenever I tried to do it more. And then like I kind of just fell off because I just kept seeing like I was burning more money than I was making any. You know what I mean? Right, I was in the, yeah. I was young, you know what I mean? Didn't understand the whole like concept of the culture and all that good shit you know what i mean right yeah for sure what kind of influences did you have as far as musicians or vocalists that you kind of uh, got influenced by you know um i will definitely say that nate johnson is my number one influencer of my life um that man has changed my life in so many fucking ways from just the songs he's put out um frankie paul mary uh believe it or not is one of my influences um he just like kind of gave like his energy that he prevails prevails with himself like it really just gave me that enthusiasm to do it myself you know what i mean yeah definitely definitely um and i would have to say like for my third one um would have to be phil bozeman just because he's a fucking animal bro. right everything he is a part of is just fucking flawless what about have you ever uh considered adam warren from oceano because he pulls off some pretty good honestly adam i was gonna add him to my list too uh but i was thinking about like just trying to keep it down to a like nice solid three but if we wanted to go further into it like adam warren travis ryan um michael keen uh believe it or not his singing range is fucking crazy influential to me even to this day uh just all the way around um I forget what the dude's name is from Avenged Sevenfold, but he was really fucking sick. He influenced me a lot. Yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my head either. Yeah, it's like some old school shit. Whenever like they were like doing like the heavier stuff back in the day, that was so fire, man. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. I uh I don't know if you I'm sure you heard of a band called Opeth. I was just listening to a couple of their lives. Fucking crazy. So sick. All these bands, you know, from like Australia, Sweden, all these different cultural bands are just phenomenal. How you can definitely tell, you know, like for example, like Ghost, you can definitely tell Ghost isn't from around the U.S. and you can't, you can tell, you know, like Amon Marth, they're not from the U.S. and stuff like that. And it's Pissing just Tomb. great. They have their Pissing own. Tomb's like a yeah. perfect example too. Yeah, it's like it's, they got that like, like that tribal feel from exactly. being over down under. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> So how did you come about joining with the boys in Signs of the Swarm? Dude, honestly, it was uh, out of fucking nowhere. I was because uh, like I w- used to be a welder. Um, I was foreman and like I was like doing my daily tasks, just getting my shit ready to go grind through the day. And uh, I get a phone call from our manager, Jake, and he's like, hey, man, um, which I was talking to him about possibly managing my band at the time in Providence. So um, he goes, I think he's like giving me information about that. And he goes, hey, man, uh, this probably isn't the call that you were expecting. But um, would you be able to fill in 
for a Sons of the Swarm tour with uh, Ingested and Body Snatcher. And uh, I was like, dude, there's no fucking way because I only had like, literally it was like leaving in like two weeks. I didn't know any of their songs, nothing. (laughs) Um, And like, I was like, the only way I'm going to do it is if I have the possibility that I could be the new front man for the band. And that was just because like, I had to quit my career to jump in a van and do all that stuff. Like I had to gamble a lot to even take, on that mission you know what i mean um and then he was like let me talk to the guys and see where their standpoint is on everything because that's a very strong uh that's a huge commitment man you know yeah you don't I mean? want yeah just for like a tour run that that'd be almost not worth it if it was just for like oh just for this run then they're gonna find a replacement you know yeah like- exactly and i just had to look out for myself on that and then they said that if I actually wanted to become the next singer that I had to commit to and um, the run with ingested. And then I had to do devastation on the nation uh, with the boarded and psychroptic. And um, I was like, okay, uh, so let me know when you guys are a hundred percent ready for me to start learning everything. Give me your set list and all that stuff. And um, it took him a couple of days to get a hold of me. And uh, it was about like, 11 days before we leave and they said here's our set list start learning the songs we meet up the day before we'll see if you can actually do it because if you can't do it we're just dropping the tour and um so within those 11 days i learned every single fucking song possible (laughs) how did that go how was the process with that did you just sit around and listen to it on repeat nonstop? honestly uh i took a song a day I would learn one song and then um, move forward with the next song, start learning that. And then I'd do like playthroughs of each song I would accomplish. So it was like I was building the muscle memory on it while learning other stuff. And which was very, very complicated because given I'm working 60 hour weeks at the time, oh my God. trying to rack up money to go on tour. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so I'm practically a walking zombie at this point. So like they hit me up and they're like, Hey, meet us in, uh, at Corey's place. And then we're going to ride to West Virginia for practice. If, uh, things don't work out, we'll ride you home and all that stuff. And so I'm like shitting my pants all the way there. You know what I mean? Because like, I don't even yeah. know if I'm going to, I just like canceled everything in my life to jump in a van. <laughs> and, uh, we, uh, I I'm like, I get there and they're like, all right, let's do it. And then, um, we did it and they're like, all right, we're going. And what was I'm the first like, song you guys played? Um, Coward's Deathbed. And did you kind of get the the nervousness kind of rested off of you once you absolutely you know, got in the not. groove? Yeah, yeah. Dude, uh, literally, I remember pulling up to Nashville. It was our first show, and like we pull up, and just like literally, like thirty kids come fucking run into the van to like because they didn't know CJ wasn't in the band anymore. They didn't like you know what I mean. Jimmy yeah, yeah. was in the band still, and. Like they just have like this crazy cult following and um, we show up and like there's people just handing people gifts and I'm just like, what the fuck? People were thinking <laughs> I was Jimmy and stuff like it was weird. But like I remember that literally like I was I was trembling on stage, man. Like literally like I'm just standing there. I'm like, man, I hope I don't fuck this up. Right. Yeah. Because, like, I was just so nervous. And then fucking meeting up with Ingested, fucking having them watching me. They're, like, fucking, like, my idols, dude. You know what I mean? Growing (laughs) up listening to them, fucking 
like they're sitting there just watching me and i'm just like oh my god like just shit in my pants dude you know yeah like, that's a lot of that's a lot of uh you know it's definitely nerve-wracking i can imagine with going on like a, a fucking huge you know sold out arena tour and then you look over and you see fucking james hetfield just sitting there watching you and you're just like oh man you know i used to listen to metallica growing up and now this dude's or any band that you know that you listen to growing up and- dude, that has actually happened to me many fucking times like whenever i did that tour with disentomb it was uh the following year's devastation on the nation like literally like playing shows with them and i'm just like bro i literally have been jamming y'all for years and y'all are like <laughs> watching me taking now. <laughs> time after your day to fucking watch me make some noises that's fucking fire dude <laughs> that's a huge accomplishment in your book though ain't it yes yes it's yeah. i'm very proud of it to be completely honest like getting the type of recognition that i've strived for my entire life for the most part because i've been going for over half of my life i've been reaching for this goal yeah dude yeah so to go back just a quick bit, are you able to talk a little bit at all, or if at all, what happened with the previous vocalist with the band? Um, he quit. He quit. Uh, yeah, he just simply quit, moved on Lorna Shore. He thought that was a more beneficial move for him. Um, which all the way around, as you can see, has as everything panned out, um, he technically saved Signs of the Swarm from getting that hand that he dealt to Lorna Shore because that was inevitable to happen. Because um, I'm friends with the scenario, uh, the one girl that was involved with the scenario. And I know for a fact, um, a lot of the stuff out there was uh, what it was. So, but um, that's like the most I'd like to get into that. Right. Yeah. I, I won't get into much more about that. I actually, now that you say that, I remember what had been mentioned. So, yeah. Um, it's none of my yeah, business. It's just like oh, Voldemort, yeah. man. You don't want to yeah. talk him into existence. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And if, if I'm not mistaken, there was a lot of, uh, now that I see it, there's a lot of band rotations. So you joined Signs of the Swarm. He joined Lona Shore. And the old vocalist, Lona Shore, went to Chelsea Grin. Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a weird transition. I don't even know what happened to the dude that was in Chelsea Grin. Like, I, yeah. That's, that really surprised me because I remember seeing Lorna Shore. I can't remember what the tour was, but I seen them. And then I, I want to say about half a month, half a year later, I hear that he's going to Chelsea Grin and Alex Kohler is doing his own rap career. <laughs> oh, that's what he's doing now. <laughs> yeah. It's it's called it's God damn it. What is it called? I'll, I'll have to find it and send it to you. It's fucking it's it's interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just like how. Uh, uh, Chris Franzek from Attila has his own rap career now. And uh, I mean, like, it's Fra- okay. Franz it's... does it all right. Though, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that Bone Crew or something yeah, bone like that. Crew, yeah. 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 Like some of that stuff's I'm, pretty cool. That's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of people talk shit on it, but I'm just like, actually, some of this is actually really fucking unique, dude, and very different. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I give I give Franz that fucking uh, credit for his ambition on to create. He really, yeah. Oh, yeah. he really does his own thing and doesn't let anyone fucking tell him no. Um, I remember seeing that dude on MTV whenever I was a kid, like on Made. He wanted to become a model. No shit. Yeah, dude. There's definitely an episode of that motherfucker on there. I swear <laughs> to God. I'm about to look that up. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God that dude was on that. Dude, with him though, like those with Attila. Speaking of Attila, it's crazy because there's a video I watched on YouTube years ago of when they're playing in a fucking literally like a backyard. And dude, I know exactly dude, what you're talking about. It is crazy what they do now. It's just definitely the whole keep grinding, don't give up, and 
it's something will happen, you know, as long as you don't give it up. And that's a Dude, good that's example. That's literally it. That's literally it. Like fucking anyone that is listening to this, like uh, definitely do not give up. Stay on top of your shit. Stay dedicated. Keep grinding. Don't let anyone tell you no, because I tell you it will come together. Yeah, because I'm sure you've had your fair share of tours that felt like they were meaningless because it was empty, seemed to be empty shows, touring in a van, going hungry a lot and all that. You know, yeah, every, dude, all the like bands I, I did. I did one tour with Improvidence. Whenever I joined Science, like it was like kind of I got handed like a silver platter type deal because like every tour is very successful with us. And um, but previous tours, I dude, I literally remember getting in a 13 passenger van no trailer slamming a five piece worth of fucking gear in the back and literally i'm sleeping on top of the gear in the back right like, yeah. just because there's oh. nowhere to sleep i remember oh dude i remember <laughs> 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 i remember <laughs> it's not all fucking cakewalk <laughs> you've, yeah you've done your fair share of uh enjoyable times out in the road that's yeah yeah <laughs> so jumping into your guys's uh material with you on an album uh the song celestial ascendance is spotify's most popular song right now i don't know if you're spotify or itunes guy but on spotify that's the number one song on your guys's platform it's sitting at three hundred twenty-two thousand streams what do you think made this song so popular um, I honestly feel like that this song is the most popular of a vital deprivation of vital deprivation is because it's more along the lines of the disfigurement material um people were expecting a very slam-esque type album from us following up the disfigurement of existence um but the guys really wanted to experiment uh with the sounds and that's where it comes into like you get different vibes as you're driving through the album you start off it's got this like weird dark ambient sound and then moves into a straightforward like more slammier sound and then you start getting into the end and it's just kind of has some like technical vibes and we just wanted to make it more of an experience you know what i mean more than anything yeah. and kind of just like experiment on it but i believe that celestial ascendance just is at its peak for that album because it is similar to previous material you know what i mean it's just has that ass beater slam in there fucking right. it's just kids love that shit speaking of uh 2019's vital deprivation what's the feedback been on that because that's your guys's most recent album yes the feedback has been fantastic um we have gotten a lot of crazy opportunities from that which kind of got curved because of covid um a lot of tours that we had planned out revolving around the vital deprivation cycle um got canceled um we were supposed to uh hit some days in asia with like really crazy bands that i can't even name just because it got canceled and i don't want to like get that up you know what i mean right right but um yeah if i can it's just like a lot of things i would have never expected came from this so I would say that like the general feedback has been fantastic. That's good, man. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks to hear that you didn't get to even really do a tour cycle on that. That's what I'm saying, man. We did, uh, we released it on the tour that I referenced, uh, this and tomb headlining. Um, we released it on that tour and, um, 
then like we took some time off and then we did a tour with shadow of intent and then we hit uh asia japan and uh, south korea and that's whenever we got sent home uh mm. because of the virus and everything we got to complete the days but we were supposed to do stretch in asia with um more of a god tier band and uh that kind of got uh, taken away from us just because of the circumstances prevailing. What was your guys's uh, reaction when you guys found out, you know, like, Oh, we're going home and this is actually like a serious thing because a honestly, lot of people, we were you know, scared. Yeah. We were scared. Cause um, we were like, we were supposed to be in Wuhan dude. Like literally like the, like we were, yeah. we had to cut the China dates out and like, we were supposed to be there. So like, we were already sketched out as it was, we're right. walking around with <laughs> right. masks and stuff before, um, they're actually mandatory to wear, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, just to be safe because we weren't sure, you know what I mean? We weren't sure if it was going to be like that Ebola thing that came out or if it was like, this is like some real life yeah. historic shit happening right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. So we were very scared. And then like, once we got into the United States, that's whenever like the weight kind of like started clearing out a little yeah. bit just because we were home. Yeah. You um, weren't in the heart of it, you know? Yeah. We were like, literally like there. <laughs> you were in the worst part. The worst all place, my, the worst time. <laughs> dude, all my friends call me patient zero because they're like, bro, you're the guy who fucking brought it here. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, shut up. That's funny. That is fucked. God, I can only imagine I had no, you know, obviously I had no idea you guys were over that way, but I can imagine what you guys felt like, you know, you, you're like, this is worse than fucking winning the lottery and then finding out, oh, it was just a fake fucking ticket. Dude, that's, that would be terrifying. Yeah, man, it Absolutely is terrifying. <laughs> very. And like, I felt, I felt like whenever we got home, like I'm sitting there watching my boys fucking out on tour, like the guys ingested and fucking decapitated and Lorna Shore, they're doing that faces of something tour. And fucking, they're like still trucking along while everybody's still running, like while things are starting to shut down. Yeah. And like, I'm just like, yo, my boys are like in the danger zone right now. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> and yeah. I just like felt bad for like everybody just getting halted, man. Cause like, I know the feeling and it's very shitty whenever you got money tied up into stuff and you got plans for like investments for turnarounds and, and it just all gets shut down, man. And you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, you don't want to be that guy crying about it. You know what I mean? You just got to conquer and adapt. Yeah. Or adapt and conquer is more yeah. of a better yeah. way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta, there's not much you can really do, you know. But 2020's single, Pernicious, was uh, was this just a single or is this an album in the works to follow up on that? Um, Actually, uh the collection and pernicious are both just standalone singles. Okay. Um, we don't plan on putting them on the album at all. Uh, we literally have a very long chunk um, that we had in between like sitting from vital deprivation to the next album. And uh, we're actually working to put out an EP in between just to give the give the fans like stuff to listen to you know what i mean yeah, like i just yeah. joined gave them an album everything goes to shit you know what i mean like why not fucking spend this time and try to get an ep together um and it everything just didn't work out how we wanted it to so we just ended up just accepting that we're gonna do a couple singles and then uh 
whenever the album comes out, that's whenever people understand like, okay, this is not on the album at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. We yeah. tried putting some stuff out about it, like little presses and some people see it. Some people don't fucking algorithms are fucked. <laughs> so with the collection, what was the story behind that track? Cause I know a lot of people that I see it on comments all over, like metalcore, you know, groups on Facebook or, you know, death grind, all that good stuff. They're wondering What's the story behind that song? Um, whenever you say that, do you mean like lyrically or are yeah, you like, talking about just like the whole gist of getting it together? Yeah, like pretty much uh, like what the name, the collection, if there's a meaning behind that and then lyrically as well. Well, um, the original visual concept that I came up for the song, um, I was going to create a human bug collection. Um, okay. And that was like the general like I visual that we had planned and um just because of budgeting it didn't kind of work out that way like we wanted it to um so like we started like rehashing out like ideas involving the lyrics like after we got all like um the whole like feature concepts together and got all that back and then we we're like dude why don't we just like kind of run through with this whole hive mind concept and just create visuals from that and it could kind of follow up with like the whole collection deal of like, you know what I mean? And um, so we stayed with, cause we were going to change the name of the song, but really? um, yeah. And we were like, you know what, let's just keep it. It's different. It's unique. Um, it's very different. It kind of like, there's like the pun in it as well. Like the collection of features, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like, uh, but like in re- all the way around the, the lyrics, like I wanted to, kind of hit the stereotype of what a typical deathcore song is about and what hardcore songs are about um you know what i mean and like i thought about that and then i thought about like the whole bug concept and like i kind of wanted to like kind of intertwine those kind of concepts together um whenever we first started getting this song together uh, we didn't have any features in mind. And then I started bullshitting with uh, Nick Arthur on Instagram. And just because like, I was completely like just fanboying the fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just like, Hey, I don't know if you're like still doing your thing or not, man, but I'd love to have you on a song. And he was like, absolutely. And I was like, no shit. <laughs> and then uh, we started working on it and turn around. Then Matt came into play which that was is literally that was like luck of the draw bobby like just shot out a text and he was like hey you want to do this song with us and nick arthur and he was like absolutely dude thank you for the opportunity and we're just like thank you for the opportunity yeah. what are you talking about right <laughs> thank you for existing <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, so that's that's a that's a pretty uh good like i was gonna say that's a really good mix of uh features on there too with the two guys that you guys that you decided to reach out to and it's crazy you know because sometimes with stuff like that like for my for example for me when i'm hitting up these guys to try to do interviews i i had asked uh just out of the blue just to see you know i was like you know there's no way that this guy's gonna reply let alone agree to do this but i hit up albert bouchard the original and founding member of blue oyster cult and sure enough dude he's like absolutely let's do it and i have him dude yeah so i was just like no fucking way. That's a huge, huge historical guy. And he agreed to do it. And if I would have just been like, no, he ain't going to reply, you know, and didn't even do it. 
that would have never fucking happened. So it's just a matter of taking chances. That's literally the whole thing, man. Like, believe it or not, um, Space Zebra uh, just, like, shouted us out. Um, Space Zebra is the Twitch channel where uh, Wes from Limp Bizkit is on. Yeah, they shouted us out yesterday. And it's just because we reached out to some people uh, asking about uh, collaborating on some niche items for our album. This just is crazy, ain't it? It just what? Yeah, one, just it's asking. Just literally, just asking and bringing, just talking, communicating, and just like, and not just, being scared, right? Not exactly. Being scared of, no. Taking the chance, dude. That's what life's about. So when you guys go on tour, what's a day like in the life for you? Because I know every band has their different routine. Ooh, okay. Um, it's been a while, so a little foggy, but um, first. Like I'll get do like the entry into tour and then the living through tour. Um, getting to tour, I usually uh, meet up with like a friend or a family member and they drive me down to West Virginia just so I don't have to have the guys can pick me up. Right, right. Um, and like we kind of use like Bobby's place as a whole hub of all of us meeting up and like just gear check and all that good shit. He has a lot of space. Um, so then we get everything loaded up and then uh, we usually crash out until like the couple hour mark of actually hitting load in. So like if we had like a 10, 10 hour drive, we wait until like maybe there's like 12 hours to be there and then we'd leave, give us a little cushion point. Um, then we would leave. I'm not allowed to drive because of my eyes. So um like Bobby and Corey will do most of the driving. So I'm kind of just like sitting there, just kind of just on socials, trying to get as much word out of the tour as possible without like spamming it to the point people mute us. You know what I mean? Right. right. Technology. Um, (laughs) Then uh, most of the time I'll crash out on the drive and wake up and we'll be there. And then that's whenever I do my part and I help Bobby and Corey get the rest. And I do, load in um i most people say like vocalists don't do that and i honestly think it's some but something that most vocalists should start actually engaging in because it's a nice point of physically conditioning yourself to be ready to get your ass beat every day but uh so i'll do that help load up um help get travis our merch guy i uh we can help him get all set up and get his stuff figured out and then I kind of get on the hunt for some weed. <laughs> <laughs> can't, and, go, uh, can't go without weed, right? <laughs> uh, it, it makes it makes the day go faster. Yeah, right, just right. like takes away the stress. Whatever, and, whatever you got to do, whether it's a fucking milkshake, you know, or if it's some weed. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like fucking. So I usually find some weed. Fucking maybe hang out with some friends that I've made if I'm returning to town. And then uh, once doors open, that's whenever I like to stay with merch or roaming around the show, just giving that face time for fans being like, right. oh, there he is. Or right. whatever, yep, you yep. know what I mean? Um, I try to do that just so like if kids want to take a picture with me or something, they have the opportunity because if they come and talk to me, I'm going to talk to them. You know what right, I mean? I'm right, not right. that dickhead. I think like paying people to have to take a picture and shit's stupid. So like I'm just chilling for the most of the time. Um, then once it starts getting to like serious mode and like maybe like maybe an hour before we'd play that's whenever I'd start doing my uh, vocal routine 
uh, where I would start doing my warmups, my physical stretches. Um, me and Corey usually team up doing that kind of stuff. Because uh, a lot of people don't know until they see us live, but Corey does backup vocals. So okay. uh, Corey is a very big part of my backbone uh, live. Because um, me and him work out parts where um, he'll hold out something with me. So I don't have to push as hard to make it sound as full. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And we like, and it also makes it sound more like the album a little more too, because he does that kind of stuff on the album. Um, but uh, then we go about to starting to actually set up, we'd play. And then after that, instantly tearing down and then going through the jumble fuck of photos the thank yous your show was sick all that stuff um and then we'd kind of just move forward with the evening keep running through depending where we're at on a slot um and then by the end of the night we're fucking packing up i'm helping the guys load everything in um we're smoking out burning all the weed we got and <laughs> fucking jumping in the van and on to the next one doing the same thing same thing that's awesome man now what do you guys typically do on off days now off days um what we've been getting in the habit of which i am very grateful for is that we've been actually planning like day off vacations with bands we're touring um like for example we did a tour with uh traders and we literally went to this crazy ass like fucking swimming hole out in the middle of like i think it was oregon or washington or some shit and like we just spent the day there and like we grilled and chilled whenever we did that disentomb day we just like rented like an rv place we fucking all just had a big fucking powwow bonfire grilling out having That's a good badass. time yeah you need stuff like that too you know you can't just yeah. strictly have just music craziness mayhem and they'll really get to you you know honestly it really does like there's days where like we'll rent an airbnb just to feel like we actually got to go home for a day exactly you know what yeah. i mean just yeah. like take a shower instead of at planet fitness or some shit because right. like, that's how we do our showering and stuff some of us pay for truck stop shit but it's shit expensive. expensive dude yeah. i was a truck driver for about six months and then I, i'm i'm still i'm just local now but i used to go over the road i know how that is sleeping in a fucking uh a sleeper for a week at a time taking truck stop showers granted my truck the company i was with paid for the showers but still i seen the fucking $13 showers at Loves or Pilots and stuff like that. And Dude. ain't no way I'd pay for that every single night. There's no fucking way. That's what I'm saying. Like, I pay fucking 16, 17 bucks a month for my Black Card membership. And there's two of us that get showers for the price of one shower for a month. That's, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, sleeping but, in a van too. That, that's, yeah, like you said, getting an Airbnb and stuff. It, it gives you that comfort of just like, just like fast food or any, you know, like that type thing. You'd rather eat a home cooked meal once in a while rather than fast food every fucking Dude, day. You know, fucking, uh, I actually have been getting in the habit of that of our days off too. Um, I used to be a chef back whenever I was in college. Oh, nice. And, um, like for example, uh, the shadow and Ten and fury brand of sacrifice tour we did, um, like literally we went to an Airbnb and then I just made shepherd's pie and everyone like, was probably smashing huh yeah dude everybody was just <laughs> everybody was in their own element just chilling we had a hot tub it was super fucking dude sick. yeah that is that sounds like a good time being able to just have a, a nice enjoyable day off rather than just sitting in a van or 
you know, at a hotel and just, you know, minding your business, stuff like that. It's just crazy. What, so when you guys are eating, what's your go-to as far as like, does some of the guys like this or do you guys like that or? Um, the one place we all can agree on is cookout. So um, like grilling in. Again. No, I'm talking about the restaurant cookout. Cookout. It's, I've never um, heard of it. It's in the South. Um, you get like these $5 trays with like these milkshakes and shit. Like it's fire, dude. The cheapest fucking the food's so fucking like, just like Southern. It's so good. What part um, of the South? Is it the Southeast? Um, I think, I think it's South Carolina. I want to Car- say, okay. um, we're that, uh, zombie burger place. We always agree on that. Um, because like a lot of us will be like, yo, let's hit Taco Bell. And then Corey is like, fuck y'all i'm going to mcdonald's <laughs> you know yeah, what i yeah. mean like because uh he's very Corey's very particular with what he eats jacob's like a garbage disposal bobby's <laughs> like ve- bobby's vegan and then i'm on the same page as jacob i eat anything and everything well it's good that the for the vegan uh atmosphere that's starting to kind of expand everywhere else whether it's real like you know the whole plant-based burgers and whatnot if mm-hmm. it's real or not i have no fucking clue but See, um, like, I'm stoked for Bobby because, like, ever since, like, it was like I watched that progression make it easier for his life. You know what I mean? Right, and, yeah. and, like, I'm really stoked that it's just starting to make that movement for him because, like, that's a very hard, hard yeah. lifestyle to live. Just paying attention to every little detail of what you're consuming. And um, I give him massive credit for that because, geez, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, people put, like, bone broth in some food that you don't even know you know what i mean it's like you literally have to read the ingredients to make sure you can physically eat it right yeah not to break that diet that's yeah i I was trying to i was for about two weeks but i gave up on it i was on a strict muscle building diet but it's dude it's just wait for first off it's too expensive for me and secondly it's just it's crazy because you can only have so much of this in a day and that in a day and my it's i just couldn't do it you know i couldn't keep up with it and then dude i i give you credit for even trying man because like i looked into trying to get on those kind of diets and like i'm just like wait what yeah <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? so it like, don't make sense you know yeah yeah it's just like above me a hundred percent you know what i mean and i'm just like whatever uh, i'll just stay my twig ass you right, know right. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys are on tour what is one of the craziest things that you've seen or experienced out there on the road i got one that's really fucked up and then um i got one that's really fucking weird so um i'll give them to you both yeah i, I want to um, hear them both so sure. we're in slovenia and we just got done playing a show and like i was chilling at merch and there were i think it was slovenia somewhere out there bro it was out in the fucking cut like the venue like it seemed like we were like kind of in the hood a little bit you know and yeah, yeah uh so like we're playing and um but i mean we just got done playing i'm sitting at merch because like i was doing merch in europe for that run um travis couldn't come with us due to some financial things and uh so i'm running merch and everything so i'm just bullshitting around you know what i mean it's hard to communicate with people because of language barrier stuff so anytime i met someone that could speak some kind of english i tried you know what i mean so (laughs) this guy's telling me like how our music like helped him pull through a very dark time in his life where he tried killing himself and everything 
like he's just telling me about it and like i was just like i felt for him you know what i mean yeah. because i've i've been there like so like we're just like talking and bullshitting and then just out of nowhere he just gets real excited and he's like i have heroin and then like goes to reach for my arm and i'm like what the fuck and i just like fucking like punch his fucking hand i'm like what the fuck are you doing bro and like i started spazzing out and i was like no no and like i went up to bobby i was like you can sit at the merch table i'm sitting in the van <laughs> <laughs> and fucking i just went in the van and i locked myself in the van till the end of the night and then dude. we went to the airbnb and i was just like that dude tried to fucking stab me with some heroin <laughs> that, that's what I'm, I, 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 dude, dude what in the fuck it's crazy how people in different countries have different fucking attitudes you know and their behavior is totally different nobody yeah, that, that i could think of in their right mind in the u.s would have the decency even try that they're just like hey man i got some heroin not like hey i got heroin let me take your arm and fucking help you out yeah you know <laughs> what i mean like i'm just like whoa like but I, I was nuts. genuinely terrified to be completely honest and um <laughs> it kind of gave me a new standpoint on kind of like watching my title my total engagement with people yeah 100%. like i like i'll like talk to people and stuff but i was standing like real close to him to like talk to him like because like music was playing and right you know what i mean like i definitely uh after that point of tour that's whenever i started kind of uh implementing the personal bubble right you yeah that definitely was a learning stepping stone yeah because who would have fucking imagined somebody's gonna try to stab you fucking <laughs> yeah literally dude it, it it was a very scary thing because like maybe some maybe you got like my lyrics miscon like misunderstood because right. um there is one song uh the blood where uh i'm referencing um someone close to me is heroin addiction so he might have like gotten the wrong idea of like what that song was actually about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but at the same time, right. Don't fucking stab me with some yeah, shit, you know, <laughs> yeah. but on a funnier note, the funniest thing that I could possibly say that I've ever seen is this old lady that's called tornado. Um, I don't know if that's a real fucking name or stage name or something, but it's like this like 40 year old lady and she's just like the classic like groupie. You know what I'm saying? Like she's like walking up to band dudes like, oh, hey, you know oh, what I mean? Shit. Like it is the funniest shit ever. And she's like an old lady. <laughs> she, what, what kind of bands does she hang with? Um. I, I don't even really know. She just shows up at that venue in Texas. Oh, okay. So she's just a, she's a, a snooty from just a rent. Like, she's, yeah, she's, she's just one like place. that. She's that local, like, yeah, groupie the... <laughs> that never retired from being a groupie and she needs to. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. It's like someone's mom coming around just whipping her titties out. Just like, you need to Damn. chill out. There's kids here. <laughs> Does she show you guys some love over there? <laughs> oh, dude, there is plenty of times and like because we played there a good couple times and every time we're there she's there and she's just like oh hey boy what is hey. the what is the venue like what do they think about this girl do they like condone her or they sponsor that bitch or what you know i don't know <laughs> she's sponsored by the meanwhile venue. she's the fucking mascot to the venue <laughs> yeah you see them selling shirts and shit with her flashing her fucking, right, oh like, that's funny hey. 
Watch It'd out for the tornado. Tornadoes. Right, yeah, here's the tornadoes in town. <laughs> yeah, tell everybody tornadoes in town. <laughs> that's so fire. Because like that's literally, crazy. Dude, like anytime, like somebody will see her in there and be like, "Yo, the tornado's coming!" Like that's a, that's a for real thing. Like I swear to God, I do. That is funny. You don't even. Do you know what city that is? Do you remember? Um, I think Fort Worth. I think Fort it was uh, Tomcats. Tomcats. I'm gonna have to jot that down real quick and look see if I can find that. Tomcats, Fort Worth. I'm 20. pretty sure it's a. I love playing that venue personally. The crowds are always great there. Yeah, it's a place called Tomcats West in Fort Worth. Yes, yes, that's it. That's it. That is fucking nuts. It says, "Oh yeah, it's obviously closed right now because of COVID." That's funny though. I actually <clears> think that they might have shut down. Really? Um, I think they're one of the venues that uh, my booking agent was trying to promote to try to keep them alive. I'm so I'm assuming COVID probably run them yeah. out. Yeah. Damn. Fuck. It's up, a man. shame how much that's really happening. Whenever like live shows are able to happen again, it's like not even going to be a thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's going to, you're going to have a hard time even finding a venue to route yeah, to. Exactly. Well, good thing. Uh, this, this might give you some good boost of confidence. I just seen, Dance Gavin Dance posted a tour lineup with Animals as Leaders and Bela Maya. There's two other bands I can't remember the name, but um, yes, um, it's, it's I actually a, it's a saw potent- that it's a potential tour. It's what they have planned for now. It's just the plan thing, and they yeah. got the dates and all. But whether it's going to really happen and play through, I don't know. What's what, and if it does, uh, I was just talking with uh, drummer from Cannibal Corpse last night. What's the you know what's the circumstances going to be is there going to be full capacity or not you got to wear masks or you know i can't imagine a a, a pit with social distancing and masks it's just not going to happen <laughs> yeah honestly i don't see that happening uh with the social distancing aspect no personally no um i feel like that it's probably going to be more like along the lines where there's going to be like groupings like tables um where you can have a party of like four to six Exactly, exactly you know what i mean yeah. and then it's going to be grouped out that way and you could like buy tables and stuff like that i think that yeah. that may be the scenario that happens um and then where it's like just you're going to watch a show it's not like you get to actually get the experience the show. exactly yeah not not yeah it, it's gonna be a while i feel like hopefully not but it, it might be a while till everything's exactly to where you can't even tell like oh this is what it used to be like and now it's slowly making comeback. You know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a process. That's for sure to make a comeback, just like everything else. Yeah. But I feel like within the next like two to three years, life is going to get back to normal. Yeah. And we just have to like us all as a music community, we really need to just swing with the punches and do what we can to just survive and to prevail through this. So for you, when you first joined the band with the guys, what was your feedback that you got with being the new frontman? Oh, dude, I got fucking both ends of the stick, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. I got yep. people that were praising me, and then I had the complete trolls that hated me. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. And I see a lot of people that hated me at first. Now they like me. You know what I mean? And um, right. I do got to say that, like, I jumped into a band that had a very strong following and the old singer had a very strong following after being practically canceled. He still has cult following that literally worships the, 
the disgusting things he said. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I'll give you a good compliment, dude. I honestly had no idea that you get that there was a new vocalist with you. I thought everything was the exact same because I listened from this album to the more recent 2019 and dude, it, it, you definitely pulled these, these vocals off a hundred percent. Dude, thank you very much because um, I actually learned how to do a lot of the vocal techniques before I even, like, as I was, like, learning the songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like I knew how to do the shit the kid did and or anything like that. I physically learned how to do all that stuff in 11 days, went on tour. Yeah, that's fucking my town on tour, run, running the streets. And then literally jumping from going on tour to going into a hotel to record an album. Sounds like you've been doing, you know, you didn't just have 11 days. It sounded like you had fucking months to do this, you know? Yeah, like I'm just talking about the general experience. No, yeah, definitely. But um, like overall, though, it was like I had just like the shortest duration to get to the plateau that the old guy was on. And um. And a lot of people seen that I because like a lot of people knew me from my old band. A lot of people had no idea who I even was. You know what I mean? And they're just like, who the fuck's this guy coming out of nowhere? Yeah, you know, and you'll I mean? have that, you know, you'll have that for sure. That's what I'm saying. And honestly, like the negative comments that I got in the beginning, whenever I first joined, definitely helped me shape myself to where I am today. So I am very grateful for all the feedback that I got. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I'm the type of person that enjoys like um, criticism in a way, because like it helps me grow. It's not going to keep me in the same mindset that I'm in. Um, and that's where like a lot of people I feel like flop nowadays is like, they just get in this mindset like this works. Yeah, got to keep doing this, and they're yeah, not being the artist that people want. You know what I mean? Like this is supposed to be an art form. You're supposed to be able to be hated on. You're supposed to be loved. You're supposed yeah. to make oh, yeah. people feel indifferent. You know what I mean? So every ounce of criticism that I got whenever I first joined really helped me become more of the artist that I am today, and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. A lot of people they'll they'll take it kind of really personal like you know like oh he's he he doesn't he says that uh i can't compare to the other guy so that you know they'll take it like oh he just talked shit about my mom and smacked her in the face and they'll really get generally pissed off about it and they'll be like you know fuck that guy and yeah. it's just like when eddie or hermida joined in with uh suicide silence you know and a lot of people were bashing on them and granted i didn't really care for their doris album and i know that was a huge big funk with that band that a lot of people you know kind of bashed on but uh-huh. It's just, you know, like we talked about earlier, you got to take risks. You got, you can't just make the same album over and over and you can't take criticism to heart because if you do, then you're, you're pretty fucked. Cause yeah, once, then you're not going to get real far. No. At yeah. Cause I mean? anything I do have to say though, uh, the transition that they did with Eddie was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he did the, he was on that, uh, that sh- memorial show that they did for Mitch Lucker and dude, he mm-hmm. fucking killed that song. So yeah. I, I, just, I think that was a huge advantage point for them to find their new vocalist. You know, they had a really good variety of vocalists to choose from because they had how many fucking like 14, 15 different vocalists come out and perform on that show, which was just phenomenal to see all those artists be able to take time to go do that one show, you know, and it was, it was crazy. Well, man. that, that was beautiful to see, you know what I mean? Uh, that actually made me cry whenever yeah. I actually watched that, whenever that came out. 
um mitch lucker was a very powerful influence to me i should have had like he's like one of the people that influenced me from the beginning questions that just didn't make it in there yeah um fucking that whole experience was crazy to go through so for you what's one major conflict or failure that you face while being a musician and what'd you do to make a comeback fuck um i'd say a conflict it's ongoing um it's finding the balance between a career and my career you know what i mean like because a lot of people think that there's a lot of money involved but there's really not we're pretty much doing this for the culture yeah and to literally just continue putting out good music that we enjoy you know what i mean and um finding something that can sustain your needs in real life versus how much time you're actually putting into something that's not really paying you that's a major conflict but that's just part of being a musician and being an artist you have to be able to starve to create yeah and if you're not if you're in the game for something else then you're in it for the wrong reasons yeah like if you want to be famous and have a car yeah. full of girls and a nice fancy car and all that you know that's what i'm saying you're in the wrong wrong section of the music man you need to start rapping or something you know right I mean? <laughs> right because like that's more something that's more mainstream you exactly. know I mean? exactly like, exactly if you're trying to do what our type of stuff is you know what i mean like that's literally we are doing it for the culture we are doing it for the to pursue just what we want you know and i mean to just create um but uh a failure that like is ongoing uh that is it i don't even know to be completely honest i'm trying to give you one of both but um i guess a big good failure would be with the whole covid and you know yeah, not that's maybe, like yeah. really the only thing um, one failure I could say that's ongoing is I keep trying to get this one motherfucker to feature feature on our album and he won't answer me. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get a banner into his hometown and make sure that he can see it like that. He'll be driving Dude, down the literally, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> No, I, I don't want to, I don't want to pester him too much because it's like God tier to me. You know what I mean? But I reached out a good couple of times and he, Nothing. he just hasn't even read it. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like I'm getting pushed into the, the requests or something i don't know so but, my last question for you before we jump out of this is what is there anything you can talk about or tease with new music coming out um yes uh we have a new album coming out um we have over 10 songs on the album um we got a new member for the album no shit. Um, his name is jeff russo uh you can see him on the collection he is the guitar player playing that badass solo there are a lot of new aspects on this album that people would not expect um i don't want to say that this is like like vital deprivation or like any other album that they've put out we have brought back elements that fans liked and we have also implemented new aspects to the music as well, kind of jumbling into some stuff that we played around with, with the two feature, I mean, with the two singles that we put out. 
Um, so, but uh, yeah, honestly, with this album, uh, which is coming out in the summer, um, I can't say that. I can't give an exact date because that might be subject to change, but um, it is going to be very groundbreaking for us as a band and it is going to open up a lot more doors for us where we can grow as musicians and start venturing around in different territories in a way um a great great little piece of insider information is that uh this entire album was created on skype really uh, all of us, yes all of us were uh all involved uh, literally every single riff, every single drum part, every single vocal, every single bass part, every synth. It was all a unified collaboration on Skype. Wow. Yes. That, that is that is something that I can definitely say that I am grateful for um, with this whole pandemic going on is us have, being forced to learn how to do these kind of things through the yeah, computers remotely. and stuff, yeah. you know? And um, it's just, honestly, like it's a whole new swing on tackling music. I will definitely say that like having Bobby, like controlling our DAW and like all of us, like having like a DAW open and just like running part, like we'll create or track something in our DAW, export it, send it to Bobby and he's importing it into the DAW. And then we're just continuing to break down songs that way. And we're like, eh, we're not feeling that part. We'll delete that. And then we circle back to it and come back. And honestly, it's to the point where like, I almost want to try to develop an app that is for writing like that you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah um it's something that i've been really thinking about as we've been going through this whole endeavor of writing the album on skype and everything but i will definitely say though that this album is probably the best metal material i've ever heard in my entire life like and you, and you and, it's looking to be in the summertime of some time yes sir yes sir yeah. And uh, what are some ways that and have you guys even talked about it at all online yet or? Um, no, we haven't uh, initiate. We haven't like really dropped any type of information about the album too much besides that pernicious in the collection or not on the album. Um, we did do one little like snippet of Bobby, like doing some like production stuff uh, where it shows like a little snippet of a song, but people bobby does so many of those that people wouldn't even know which one right. is actually the song till it <laughs> comes out you know what i mean so yeah man before we cut out of here is there anything you want to say to anybody listening um anyone that's listening i just want to say thank you for jumping in to this podcast with us and um i really appreciate your guys' support with signs of the swarm and everything else in my endeavors and uh yeah Thank you for having me. Not a problem, man. How about one good guttural before we hop out of here? Uh, okay. <laughs> what kind? Like anything you want, like you one want. Of those real nasty ones. You want like one of those false word ones or what? So if you're, we'll get a good situation. If somebody was to come up to you and they were to say, "Hey, man, what do you got in your pockets? Empty your fucking wallet." What's the guttural you would give them to fucking make and run off? Okay.
<laughs> Gnarly, dude. <laughs> I love it. Love it, man. I appreciate oh, you yeah. coming on here with me, buddy. Dude, no problem, man. Thanks we'll for stay having in me. Touch, it's really brother. a good time. Yeah, definitely. Don't be scared. Fucking Bobby would be all about doing this. Corey, anyone else. You I'll hook them I mean? up for sure, man. And whenever tour comes back around and there's a tour date in Chicago, I'll come to it. We'll hop backstage. We'll hang out. We'll get a good interview with all you guys. And Dude, that sounds fantastic. I appreciate stay it, brother. Stay in touch for sure. I'll see you, David. All right. See you, man.